thank the Lord for the blessing of this day. Just put your hands and open your mouth and just say praise the Lord and thank you God for your blessings and your goodness. You may be seated in your place and thank you so much for joining us here at uh, our church sanctuary as we worship the Lord and for some as I look around the room uh, you've come in now you haven't been here the last few weeks but I know you've been tuning in and uh, thank God that you're making your way back. It's so important for us to just worship together. I think it's a blessing for us to be able to tune in via technology and connect that way. Uh, but there's something unique and very special and, uh, and more profound when we gather today, together for a time of fellowship and worship together. So I, I thank you for joining us. The presence of the Lord is definitely in this place. And I pray that God would continue to uh, encourage us and move us forward on this journey uh, that we have in life. Amen. How many people are alive here today? Amen. Isn't being alive a good thing? Isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, it's a blessing of the Lord. I'd like to take you down this path in a scripture that I've selected for today and share with you for a few moments under the theme, God stands alone with you. God stands alone for you. We might sometimes think that God is there for others, but I want to just remind you today that God stands as God, as God for you, your situation, your battle, your journey. And I'm launching off the biblical narrative found in the story of Joshua. Joshua was ready to conquer the land. He was following, pursuing after the promises of the Lord. Just like so many of us are, we're looking for something better in our lives, making decisions that will continue to blossom and flourish for us. And we're looking at these promises and potential before us, and we're moving forward. Joshua was leading the people of Israel, and he was going forward to grab on to, for himself and for the people, the promise of the Lord. And I keep returning back to what the Lord spoke to our church at the end of last year, very prophetically, and we receive it as a prophetic word, that the best is yet to come. That God has something in store for us. That God has incredible doors and resources that we're going to tap into. And, and you need to, I want to be clear on how I receive that. I receive that, that, yes, the Lord has plans for this church and this ministry. And we're not going to forget what the Lord said. But I also believe that the Lord has promises and blessings for you and your household. For you and your family. That God has doors that, are yet to, that, yet, that yet have to be opened. And too often when we're going through these ups and downs and the, this pandemic covering the world and, and information and news and some of it we try to believe, others we just discard because it's just unbelievable. Or someone says something is uh, what it is today and tomorrow they change their mind. As we're going back and forth in all of that uh, buzz that's in the air, it can very easily start wearing down uh, our own value of life. And the, and the plan of God over our lives. So I want to use this sermon and the story of Joshua about to take the promised land, about to move the, 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 the people forward by all means necessary because he was ready for war, as you see in this passage, which I'll read in a moment. And yet something happened that kind of rattled his moving forward, but also kind of confirmed his need to move forward. If you follow me in the reading of the scripture, Josh, Joshua chapter 5, two verses, verses 13 and 14, listen to this. When, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a, with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked him, are you for us or for our enemies? 
Neither replied. But as, as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell down, fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does God, does my Lord have for his servant? Powerful. Here is Joshua filled with adrenaline for the battle. <laughs> filled with uh, self-motivating words and thoughts and ideas to just march forward. And in the middle of that, he wasn't looking for this man, if you will. But all of a sudden, there's this epiphany, you can call it. A moment where a divine being shows up and kind of sets things straight for Joshua. This is what I learned and this is what I think will apply to us today from this text. First of all, you can see very clearly in the story that Joshua really fooled himself into confusion. He might have been a man that had been used of God, but in this moment, I believe he missed it. He did not recognize the guy that was in front of him. He just thought it was just anyone. And the first teaching, that I, first learning that I have from this passage is, you and I, if we're going to move forward to the promises of God in our lives, whatever that looks like, we need to make sure that we, we recognize and we discern when it is God and when it is not God. He saw this man, and if you notice in the text, and I'm just lifting it right out of the text, you'll get it with me. Joshua had his sword. He was ready to fight. Can you believe that? He was ready to fight God. He was ready to fight this man that God had sent. And oftentimes, it is that way for us as well. We think that our way is better than his way. We think that my conclusions are the way to go. And what happens when, when God shows up to try to get us back on our path, we even question, wait a minute, whose side are you on? And we decide to go forward and make a life for ourselves, the one that we constructed in our minds. And also because it, it's rosy and it looks wonderful. And sometimes just because the, green is, the grass is green around the other side doesn't mean it's God. I, I, I marvel at what God has done in leveling the playing field. People have been wanting to leave New York forever. Where can you go? Where can you go? No, it's palm trees. Coronavirus is there. No, it's sandy beaches. Coronavirus is there. And some of you say, I'll go to cold places because they're the, the virus, coronavirus is there as well. You go up, down, anywhere you want to go. You cannot because you know what happens? We're in a situation where all of human family is confronting this same battle. But in the middle of all of this, you and I need to sharpen the way we look at things and what we hear. I want to submit to you the following. Everyone that tells me God told me something about you may not necessarily be God. They may speak in King James Version. This is what God says about thou. <laughs> you got to be careful. I, I believe that the most powerful utterances from the Lord concerning you, God whispers them in your heart. God doesn't shout it out to you. And oftentimes, and, and you may not want to say amen now, but how many times have you embarked on something that someone told you that it was God and then you fell flat on your face? We need to get to a place where we discern that it is God. As a pastor of this church, the burden that I feel on my shoulders is not what everyone else is doing. But what is God saying about this place? That's the key. And then have the courage to decide and move forward. You need to recognize, discern what is God. I want you to note the text. In the heat of the battle, Joshua was, Joshua was ready to fight. He saw a man standing in front of him. Joshua did not discern the man he saw 
Amen. God is not a God with a little g. God is the creator of everything that exists. You and I can't listen to him through a videotaping of somebody. You, you, you and I can't wait for the stars to line up and for luck. Some people do things, well, I was real lucky. Christians aren't lucky. They're following the path of God guiding them in the decisions that you make in your life. You be lucky all you want, but I'm not lucky. I'm not lucky. I'm a child of the king. God has blessed me. God has blessed this place. God has directed us. We haven't been lucky. Lucky is when you roll the dice. There's no such thing of that in our walk with God. Can't put it up to chance. Your life is so important, God doesn't hook it up to, to chance. He orchestrates for, things for us. Now you say, yes, but, I met, but things are messy right now because man, God shows his perfect plan. And then God honors the craziness of our decisions. It isn't God's fault that you went there. He told you not to go there. But you wanted to go there. It isn't God's fault that you hooked up with so-and-so and went to that job. Whatever it might be, it's just that God honors our craziness. He puts up with our immaturity. He puts up with our impulses. He puts up with our moods. Don't look at anybody. Look right at me right now. And then we say, it's the church. I'm injured. It's religion. I'm, I'm injured. It's whatever it might be. No, 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 no. God has determined the intrinsic value that you have. And God has put dreams and aspirations in your life. Just make sure that you're discerning God in your life. It was the heat of the battle and he saw a man standing in front of him. And then he got confused. He wasn't sure because he asked him the question, are you for us or against us? What does that mean? That means that he was ready to fight God. And you say, yeah, that was Joshua. But sometimes that's us too. Come on, don't say amen about you, but you can say amen about somebody else. There's some people that are real stubborn. You can say amen. It's not you. Somebody else. Real stubborn. I'm going to do it this way. And we're only a stubborn. Let me turn this way. Only a stubborn people can look and see stubbornness in somebody else. Let that sink in for a moment. Recognize when it is God. Joshua thought this might be an enemy. God is not out to get you. God is not out to destroy you. If you are honest with yourself, most of the places where we crash is because we made immature, impulsive decisions. Most of the places where we fail is because simply we thought that it was convenient. We thought that it was lucky. We thought that it was mysticism. We thought oh, so many other things. God is not going to lead you down a path of destruction. It's the opposite. He wants to bless you. We need to learn and we need to separate the enemies and, 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 and uh, make a sound judgments with regards to those that are around us. God is not just a man. In fact, he says it very clearly. Are you for us or against us? He says, wait a minute. I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. It's not just anything. Churches will let you down. People might let you down. Religion might let you down. But God is faithful. If you can just hear the voice of the Lord. In fact, sometimes we're, we're living angry at God and blaming him for the life that I have. Look at what you've done. Look at how you left me. You blessed them and not blessed me again. Think back before you speak. Discern the will of God. You made the mess. We've got to sit in it for a while. And this church needs to get it. One of my constant prayers, almost every single day I'm praying before the Lord. Lord, that I might hear your voice for what we need to do. That I might discern what is right. Because you hear a lot of things going around. You've got to hear what God, what God is in your life. Now you're saying, Pastor, okay, I got it, I got it. Recognize when it is God. I need to discern it. How do I do that? Well, if you don't pray, you're not going to be able to discern. If you don't worship, you're not going to be able to discern. 
If you never open up this book and try to reflect on it, you're never going to be able to discern. If you're not able to uh, exercise yourself in spiritual disciplines, you're not going to be able to discern. You know what is resonating in your heart. And just because everyone is jumping doesn't mean you have to jump. How many people here have favorite foods? You can raise your hand. It's not a trick question. How many people have foods that if they eat them, it makes them sick? Doesn't make other people sick, but makes you sick. So you, if you end up eating it because everybody else is eating it, welcome to the world of Pepto-Bismol. It's your fault. It's nobody else's. You. You need to discern God. You need to read the word, not so much to teach and preach. And for somebody else, I love it when I hear people, yeah, this is for you, this is for you. But what? tell me what is for you. What is for you? How, what is God telling you? When I read scripture and I prepare, and t- trust me, I'm very disciplined in this area. When I'm, re- I'm reading for what I need to bring to the church on Sunday, but I also need to look in here and say, Lord, what are you telling Mark Rivera today? How, how are you slapping me around sometimes in here? Because it's easy to apply. This is what you need to do. It's a lot harder to be able to discern what God is challenging you to do. Come on, you can clap and praise the Lord and say hallelujah for a moment. Recognize when it is God. In fact, even the, even the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The Lord speaks to us in so many ways we need to recognize. Second thing that I see that, Joshua, that we shouldn't do, we learn from Joshua, is don't fool around. Don't provoke God. Don't tempt God. Don't pe- you, you, look at me right now. God, I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. Two days later, you're doing it again. Don't provoke God. Don't tempt God. Lord, get me out of this mess, and I promise, and I promise. How many promises do we make upwardly that we break? Lord, if you do this, we think God is a, is, a, is a vendor on Orchard Street or one of these places trying to make a deal with us, right? If you do this, then I'll do that. No, no, no. You better back up for a moment and stop tempting God. We have this distorted view of grace, and we think that I can mess around, mess around, run around, jump around, and then at the end, God is going to, to forgive me. Tomorrow is promised to no one. To no one. And oftentimes we will say, but God is blessing them. And never mind them. You don't need to have their name to get into heaven. You need to make sure that God is living in your heart. Are you following me? And oftentimes we tempt and provoke God. And that's, I can't believe it. When I, when I read it and then I reread it again, I said, did I get this right? And I actually read it in Spanish, in English, and then I, I have all the versions. And, and I went down and started to, uh, to unearth here. Wait a minute. This guy, Joshua, really went. He was ready to pull out his sword and fight this guy with the sword because he thought it was an a man, not the man. We need to be, be careful. The other thing is when God has his eye on you for a mission and a task, there's only two answers, yes or no. Yes, the Lord will bless and flourish and provide for. No, you have to suffer the consequences. And I want to encourage you today, don't mess around with God. Some people call it messing around with church. Don't mess around. Be a person of commitment. Don't question the moment. Don't try to fight God and get out of it. No, no. It's almost comical that sometimes we think, we actually think, it's comical. We think that we can fight God and win. We always lose when we fight God. Don't tempt him. And Joshua was tempting him. The, the, the other third thing that I learned from this, another observation, is that, you know, oftentimes we live in life where, you know, there's always two sides to every story. There's always two sides, that side and this side. I want to submit to you that that's not true. That's not true. There's actually three sides, and I know what you're thinking. Yeah, his side, her side, and then the truth. No, eh, wrong. 
I know you went there. I can see right now. Oh, I know. I, I know this one. I know the answer to this one. No, no, no. Calm, calm down. Three sides. The, guy, the, the, the man that shows up, he says, are you with us or you are against us? Are you on that side or on that side? The man, the, the, the man immediately says, no, 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 no. I'm a warrior. And I come representing the armies of God. That other side. It isn't there or here. It's up there. Are you following me right now? That's where truth emanates from. And we need to get to a place that we realize that there are more than two sides. Battles are not merely divided into my way versus your way. If you've been doing that, that's why we suffer the consequences of our bad decisions. In a relationship, in a marriage, and people going out, it isn't her and me. It's her and me and him upstairs. God and, 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 and God actually has the last word. We oftentimes say that I need to work it out with my spouse. I need to work it out with my pers the person that's with me. No, you need to work it out with God first so that then you can work it out with your spouse. I knew I wasn't going to get too many amends on that, but that's cool. There's always more than two sides. And right here, in fact, did not, did not, did not, did not, this man said, neither. It's in the text. He says, no, I'm not on your side. I'm, I'm, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. And church, maybe for you as an individual and us as a church, we need to say, Lord, what are you saying? Just because it looks fine and it looks well and it looks like something that will work for us does not mean that it is God. Sooner or later, if it's out of God's plan over your life and you're not following in prayer and in finding direction and listening to the small whisper of God in your heart, just because so-and-so says it and another so-and-so says it doesn't mean that we have to jump on it. You need to listen to what the Lord is saying to your life. We sometimes want to pigeonhole God. God is on my side. God is on, on, no, 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 no. In fact, that's so many of the battles that we see happening today. The, 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 the battles happening in, 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 in the public outcries that we're seeing is because you belong to this side, you belong to the other side. I think if we seek after God, then God will show us the path we need to take. It's neither. God is the one that should be in control. There are more than two sides to everything. Joshua was showing that clearly. Let me get you to the fourth observation that I have. And that is that, you ever had this happen to you? That you pray, 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 right? And God answers your, your prayer request. But has this ever happened to you? That you didn't pray. And all of a sudden, what you didn't pray for, God gives to you. And you say, you know, that's true, I could use this. But you don't even remember praying about it. Because God has a way of showing up in our situation without being invited. Let me tell you why. Let me just explain to you why. If Joshua would have, gone, would have gone ahead at that juncture in his journey to take out his sword and move forward to conquer through his own strength, here's what would have happened. Because God saw that Joshua was being very human, very emotional at that moment. Which side are you on? I got my sword ready because you have your sword ready. He's ready to act in the flesh. God saw that. God decided to show up because the damage that Joshua would have done would have not been just for him, but for the people of Israel as well. And so God decided to insert himself in that journey because at that moment, Joshua was about to blow it big time. And I'm here to tell you, oftentimes the Lord will show up without us even praying because the next thing you're going to do is going to be an atomic bomb to your family. 
And God is there then to stop you. And it says that God showed, what I'm saying here is that God showed up. He wasn't invited. In fact, I read it and reread it and reread it. I went back and forth reading. And not once did I find in the text that Joshua had prayed, Lord, before we move forward, show up. We need you to show up. There was no prayer. It's simply that God in his sovereign cosmic way that he knows the future, he shows up for us and resolves things for us. And we need to be sensitive to that church today. The text does not include a prayer from Joshua requesting God's assistance. Sometimes we think that we can do, I got this, God. No, no, what we're going to do is mess it up. And God shows up not so much to fight our enemies, but to stop us from making ourselves look silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm, because I'm reflecting on stuff that I can't share with you. We'll find out in heaven. You'll be able to see my mind because I'm thinking of examples. If you would have done that, you would have embarrassed your family. You would have embarrassed everyone. People would have misunderstood what your, your intentions were. And yet God shows up and stops you from your silliness. Maybe this side's better. Let me see. Are you getting that? You thought that was the job. You thought that was the person. You thought that was the place. You thought that was the home. And the Lord all of a sudden shows up without being invited to clean up the mess that you were about to make. Hallelujah, because it was going to affect your kids and your family and your future. You thought, oh, this has to be God. No, it was not God. It was your flesh. Hormones do mighty things in changing our future. Moods. Don't put your head down now. Come on. God shows up in this church. We've seen it. The journey of this ministry that we were not praying and God shows up in a big time and somebody, not coincidentally, not luck, not because, no, God orchestrated the moment and you walk through a door that you didn't even know existed because God was protecting you, protecting your family and protecting your future. The text tells us, and with this I close, that when God showed up, Joshua had no other recourse. When he realized where things were going, he had no other recourse. And the text is very clear. It says that he fell down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And I believe in order for us as a church and you as a, uh, in your own journey, we need to learn to throw ourselves on the floor, the altar of brokenness, and seek after the Lord. The answer for your tomorrow rests in the dirt that's right in front of you at the feet of Jesus. Can you get that picture? Your future, the right decision for your life, is not in reading this, 1-800-GIVE-ME-THE-ANSWER, and how the stars are lining up, and you can't ask Walter Mercado anymore because he's no longer around. It isn't in any of that mystical stuff. For those of you that don't know, Walter Mercado is a significant psychic in the Hispanic world. You can't go see how the stars line. Sometimes it's not in the glory of a cathedral, but it's in the dirt that's right in front of you at the feet of Jesus. It isn't in the robe and title that you, in the robe and vestment that you wear and how people see Reverend Dr. So-and-so has walked in. It's in that moment when you say, Lord, I'm your servant. What are your instructions? And that's found in the dirt at the feet of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that's not a pretty place. It isn't a pretty, the, the altar of brokenness is where you, you, you cry those snotty prayers. You ever cried those? Or that was only in the, in the morning prayer, in the morning service. Where you, you, they're not even words, it's usually moans and groans. 
It's at the dirt at the feet of Jesus. And then he says to him, tell me what I need to do. If I can leave you with something in obeying God, you and I need to become experts in obedience. You and I need to become experts in obedience. That whatever, because think about it, you of your own, we can stand up because I'm closing now. Your own volition, your own decisions, your own moments, look at the mess that sometimes we make. Why not trust the Lord and move forward and embrace the dirt in front of him as a place of reverence and brokenness. The place of brokenness is where I lay down everything. My title, agenda, dreams, and aspirations. I say, Lord, and then ask him, what do you want me to do? It's not an easy place. In fact, the place of brokenness, you can only go alone. You can't go with a congregation. You can't go with your favorite so-and-so. You can't go with your boo. You have to go all, all, no, seriously, you have to go all, note the text. I have to go back to it because that's the only way to preach and teach correctly. Note the text. It does not suggest that this was happening with witnesses. It does not suggest that. You can connote that if you want to, but it does not suggest it. So alone with God, he's ready to fight. Alone with God, the Lord undressed him. There's a song we sing in Spanish that God takes us apart. Takes him apart. And then he's left with nothing is, what do you want from me? Can I submit to you that that's where we are today? That's where you are? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. and In fact, open your eyes for a moment. Watch me. Just put your hands like this. Then close your eyes and bow your heads. Father, we come to you. We realize today that we're not alone. You stand alone for us. You make yourself separate from everything else for us. I pray, dear God, today that we might be able, Lord, to realize that you're not far away. That we can declare, as it says in the Psalms, if the Lord had not been with us, we would have been devoured. If you had not been with Joshua, he would have messed up the future. For the people he was leading in our lives is the same. And we lift up our hands, Lord, in a moment of confession, moment of repentance, a moment of starting over again. Forgive our human frailties and our human condition and help us, Lord, always to align our lives with you. We know, dear God, that our future is in your hand. What would you have us what message do you have for each one of us as your servants? In Jesus' name, I pray. Before, I want Reverend Isaac to lead us in a moment of worship, but listen to me for a second, because this morning when I woke up, this is the burden I felt in my heart in this sermon, but also now. If you recall, in, in January when we began the year right after the prayer time, there was a Sunday we were worshiping, and I felt this inclination to pray a prayer of covering. I don't know if you remember that. And I said, let's just pray a prayer of covering. We didn't know what was going on with COVID or anything like that. It's simply that I believe in the pastoral covering. I do that. I grew up in that when I was an associate pastor and a member, just a member of this church and the pastors here before. I would submit under their covering. And the Lord just led me in January, and look at what's happened. 
If you look at the stats and the numbers for our congregation, um, they really should be at a different place. We should have had more fatalities. We've had a few people that have passed on. Um, but we've had a significant number of people in our church that got sick but made it through. Say an amen in the house. I don't know about other places, but I don't know about here. And I believe it's directly connected with the obedience to the Holy Spirit. And please, if you don't know me, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about me being obedient to what the Lord said in January to pray a covering. I want to pray a covering now. Because they're saying that there's another phase and all this stuff. And I want to cover this congregation. And by the way, your faithfulness will reach your children and your family. Listen to me. I've taught that from here before. Your holding on to the promise of the Lord will cover you and cover your loved ones. And you say, yes, but they don't come to church. I don't believe that. Because of your faithfulness, your children are covered. I really believe I practice that. Lift up your hands. I want to pray. Father, I come to you today in this moment, this very unique and special prayer. Totally obedient to what you whispered to me this morning. And Father, I know that I stand in, in a war zone right now because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities in the air. And Lord, I stand firmly in the promises you've made over my life and over this congregation. And I lift up my hand over this congregation, those that are here and those that are watching us. And I wave pastoral covering, Lord, over every family, Everyone, Lord, that is connected with us in the name of Jesus. And in waving that pastoral hand of authority, I push back on sickness, infirmity, fear, mental confusion, emotional upheaval, and yes, even death. I push back. Not only for us, but for our families and our loved ones and our homes. Lord, that we will lose nothing. On the contrary, Lord, we will go far ahead than we ever thought possible if things were quote-unquote normal. So today, Lord, I send healing. I send prosperity. I send peace. I send calmness, Lord, in a, in a moment of stress. I send, Lord, I, a thoughts of clarity. No confusion. I come against powers and principalities and I neutralize them in the name of Jesus. And I pray just as the people of Israel were able to encamp in Goshen and there be protected from the calamity that was around them, Lord, that we as a ministry will continue to enjoy that. And I stand firmly on your promises, Lord, over, the, over this church. And I pray, Lord, a strong covering in the name of Jesus that no harm, no harm, will come to your people. Protect the flock, dear God, is my prayer. Cover the flock, dear God, is my prayer. Cover the flock, Lord. And when they go to work, even their co-workers, Lord, will be covered as well. That the glow of your anointing will follow over us. That the wind of your anointing, people even walking by the streets right here on East Broadway, Lord, can sense the, something strange and something unusual happening inside of here. And it's simply your covering, dear Lord. Protecting. Before us, above us, and behind us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Christ, I lift it up to you. Amen and amen. So be it in the name of the Lord. Let's worship the Lord.